Here is a sermon that was preached by Pastor Ballin in one of the Sunday morning services. So as we start the new year, uh, I thought it is appropriate for us to start a new sermon series. So this morning we are starting a new sermon series called The Doctrine of Giving. The Doctrine of Giving. You know, at times that word doctrine sounds so heavy, but it's not heavy. It's just simply it means teaching. It means certain principles of giving. And this, I expect this sermon series to run until the end of February. So we have close to eight weeks. So eight weeks we are going to talk about, I don't know what we are going to talk about eight weeks, but that's what I believe God wants us to deal with, the doctrine of giving now i don't really you know talk about giving too much at the church there may be many reasons for that you know at times we get into a, in a mode of thinking that if we talk about giving too much people may think that the pastor is always money behind money and the church is always behind money you know that kind of impression will come if we talk more about giving but scripturally we need to talk about how much we you know uh, preach about the spirit of god and how much we preach about healing the same way we also need to preach about giving to god if we don't do that we are not giving the complete or full counsel of the word to the church and giving is very important because throughout the scripture word of god talks about giving there are certain benefits associated with our giving to God and if we don't dig into that subject we don't really understand how much giving can contribute to our Christian living on this earth so it becomes very important for us to dig that subject to understand what is scriptural giving you know I believe when we really get deeper into this so that's my faith that's my belief and that's what I want you to you know believe too at the end of this series at the end of February, we want to see tangible benefits in our lives. We want to see God blessing us in our lives. We want to see, you know, jobs, we're getting jobs in, at the end of this series. We want to see salary increase at the end of this series. We want to see our families are blessed. You know, there are somewhere the blessings are held up. You know, sometimes we go through financial difficulties. We know we go through debt. But somewhere those blessings are held up. It is a matter of you know, God releasing those blessings. And God can release those blessings we, when we come in grips with the word of God. You know, God's blessings are always available for us. When God says, you will not borrow, you will lend. So that means God has those blessings in store for us. But when we come in grips with the word of God, when the word of God becomes a revelation to our lives, we see those blessings coming on our way. And this morning, this is my prayer that at the end of the series, Lord, we want to see tangible things happening, Lord. We want to see, oh God, benefits coming on our way. We want to see the debt situations getting cleared off. We want to see the families flourishing. When the family flourishes, the church flourishes, work of God is established. Lord, we want to see those things happening in our lives 
as we study through the doctrine of giving shall we just close our eyes once again shall we just believe in god this morning that god may open our eyes towards the secret of giving towards the secret of opening our hands in the kingdom of god shall we just ask god lord open my eyes lord open my eyes oh god let my spiritual eyes be enlightened this morning lord as i read as i listen to the, through these sermons oh god speak to me we will see blessings in our lives father this morning we just humble us oh god you would continue to speak to us amen amen so in the coming days we are going to listen to some of the key principles of giving and this morning in order to set the stage i want to talk about stewardship i want to talk about stewardship you know god has made us managers over many things in our lives we are not the owners at times but we are stewards we are managers we are supervisors we are custodians god has given us wealth god has given us so many blessings around us and god wants us to manage those blessings very well that includes financial blessings too so this morning i want to title my message as stewards not the owners stewards not the owners some of the very basic principle is what we are trying to understand today god owns everything you know at times it's it's very difficult for us to understand god owns everything whether still god is in control of everything god owns all that we see around today and we don't see things around today everything is owned by god you know bible has a lot to say about money you know as i was just digging into some these subjects it was it was you know really a surprise for me how much bible teaches about money and financial matters of the 38 parables that are recorded in the gospels 16 of them deal with finance or money or possession out of the 38 parables 16 of the parables deal with money in the gospels out of every 10 words one was deal with money out of every 10 verses one verse deals with money that means there are 288 scriptures in the gospel they are directly dealing with the subject of money in the whole bible there are close to 500 words verses about prayer there are just more than 500 verses about faith but there are more than 2000 verses on money and possession you know that means finance or money or possession is a very important topic that bible is dealing with and this morning we are trying to understand god owns everything shall we just turn can you turn with me to genesis chapter 1 verse 1 genesis chapter 1 verse 1 scripture says in the beginning god created the heavens and the earth in the beginning god created heavens and the earth 
We're talking about some of those basic things. Who created the heaven and the earth? God created the heaven and the earth. He is the owner of heaven and the earth. Because he created the heaven and the earth. Things that we see today, things that we don't see today, they were not existing as if they are existing today, but they were existing when God created them. They came into existence when God spoke a word, when God created them. That's what we read in Genesis chapter 1 verse 1. Psalm 24 verses 1 and 2. Psalmist says, this is what he says in, Gen- in Psalm 24 verses 1 and 2. The, Lord, the, the earth is the Lord's and all its fullness. Whose is this earth? The earth is the Lord's. The earth is the Lord's. It doesn't belong to any government. It doesn't really belong to any king. The earth is the Lord's. And all its fullness belong to God. The world and, tho- the world and those who dwell in therein. For he has founded it upon the seas and established it upon the waters. God founded the earth and the heaven and he established them upon the water. Let's go back to Genesis. Genesis chapter 2 verses 10, 10 through 12. Genesis chapter 2 verse 10. Scripture in fact it says there was gold in the garden of Eden. There was wealth in the garden of Eden. Now a river went out of Eden to water the garden and from there it parted and became four river heads. The name of the first is Pajan. It is the one who, which skirts the whole land of Havilah where there is gold. And the gold of that land is good. Delium and the onyx stone are there. Valuable things were found in the Garden of Eden. And scripture says God created them. God made them. When he spoke, they came into existence. You know, today God wants us to understand the fact that the whole thing is created by God. And he is still the owner of everything that he created. Haggai chapter 2 verse 8. Haggai chapter 2 verse 8 says, The silver is mine and the gold is mine, says the Lord. The silver is mine. The gold is mine. Everything belongs to me. You know, today, as children of God, we need to have an understanding that God wants everything. We don't want anything. We don't want anything. God wants everything. We are just stewards. God has given us ability to work. God has given us ability to earn money. But it doesn't belong to us. It doesn't belong to us. Now I came to the story, came to know about the story. A older lady, once she just finished her shopping, and as usual, you know, she used to carry something with her because whenever she feels threatened, she just gets terrified. So she wants to be very careful. So every time when she gets out, she used to carry her handgun with her. So this old lady, she used to carry her handgun with her every time. And one fine day she went for a shopping. She came after shopping with carrying all the shopping bags. She came towards her car. And for her surprise, there are four people sitting inside her car. And she got, you know, she got mad at them. 
She looked at them and told, don't you know who am I? You need to just get out of my car. Otherwise, I have a gun. I know how to use my gun. And she just pulled out her gun and pointed that gun towards those four guys who were sitting inside the car. And you can imagine those four guys, they just, you know, ran like crazy, just left everything there and they just ran for their life. She got into the car and she wanted to start the car and just, you know, disappear from the scene. And she wanted to put the key into the ignition point and the tea was not getting into the ignition and she turned around and two slots three four slots next to that she found her car there standing there and she ran out as if nothing happened she took all the baggages again and she threw everything into her, her car and she started the car and she couldn't control her emotions and she was not sure what to do she went straight to the police station and she went there to the police station, the, the secretary who was sitting at the desk, friend desk. She was just laughing, laughing and she was about to fall from her chair. When the lady went there with agony and pain in her heart, and she told, the moment she went there and the secretary pointed her towards four men, those who are sitting there in the police, police station. And the, uh, the secretary told this woman, these four men, they were reporting a carjacking by an old woman with thick glasses and a curly hair, less than five feet tall and carrying a large handgun. The car did not belong to her. She did not own the car, but she thought it is her own car. You know, sometimes we get that feeling. You know, when we have position in our, under our control, when we have bank balance, every time we go there and check the balance, you know, that's what I used to do, the church bank balance, I used to check every time whether it has increased. We go to the bank balance and see, and we just say, I own all this. For our surprise, we don't even own a penny in the thousands of dollars we have as a bank balance. Everything belongs to God. You know, that's the basic understanding that you and I need to have when we think about money, that I don't want anything. Everything belongs to God. And you know what? For our surprise, we can't take it with us when we leave this earth. And I'm sure all of us would have attended funeral. I like funeral. When we attend funeral, all that is given to us is Maybe six inch space around us. Not even that, maybe two inch, three inch space around our body, inside the coffin. Nothing else. We can't carry anything with us when we leave this world. You know, Solomon, we consider him as the wisest man. This is what he said in Ecclesiastes chapter 5, verse 15. This is what he says. As he came from his mother's womb, Naked shall he return to go as he came. And he shall take nothing from his labor, which he may carry away in his hand. You know, that's the reality. When we leave this world, there is nothing that we can carry 
along with us apostle paul he puts it in a very precise way in first timothy chapter 6 verse 7 first timothy chapter 6 verse 7 this is what he says for we brought nothing into this world and it is certain that we carry nothing out of this world when we were born we were just born naked can you imagine that none of us would have born very well clothed no we just came to this world naked and scripture says we came we will leave this world naked You know, when we are, when the dead bodies are in the coffin, people want to throw something on the coffin. Have you ever seen people throwing valuables inside the coffin? No, they don't do that. They just throw flowers, flower petals. And there will be people standing there, even if there's something valuable attached to their body, they just want to take that away before the body is buried. Nothing. Nothing. Job, he was going through a very lowest point, of, point in his life. But he was a faithful man of God, very prayerfully, worshipfully, in a very praising attitude. This is what he says in Job chapter 1 verse 21. Job chapter 1 verse 21. And he said, naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked shall I return there. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. You know how true it is. Naked we came to this world, and naked we go back to where we came from you know God wants us to know this fact we don't possess anything we don't own anything on this world and I'm sure most of you would have visited an antique shop what do we find in an antique shop we find the belongings of people maybe in our generation or our previous and previous generation what they used Nothing is going to go along with them. At the most, it can come and reside there in an antique shop. Nothing they can, we can take when we leave this world. We are just stewards. We don't own anything. We are not owners. But as God has given us responsibility of stewardship, it is very important that we need to be found faithful in our job. You know, only one thing a steward can do, a manager can do for his master is to be found faithful in his responsibilities. Let's turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 2. Paul writes here, saying, Moreover, it is required in stewards that one be found faithful. One be found faithful. You know, as God has given us the ability to manage the wealth that God has given in our lives, God is expecting us to be found faithful. God wants us to be found faithful in the little things that God has given to us. Jesus said in Luke chapter 19 verse 17, let's read Luke chapter 19 verse 17. It says, and he said unto them, well, thou good servant, because thou hast been faithful in a very little, have thou authority over ten cities. You are found faithful in very little because you are given responsibility and you are asked to manage whatever is given to you in your hands. And you are found faithful in that little things. And the, the, the owner is going to tell, the master is going to tell, I'm going to make you responsible over 10 cities. You know, God expects us to be found faithful in those little things that God has given to us. 
that includes money, that includes wealth, that includes possession. And God wants us to be found faithful in the little things that God has given to each and every one of us. You know, the yardstick to measure our spiritual performance is not really how much time, how many hours that we speak in tongues. The yardstick that is given to us to measure the performance of a child of God is not really how many hours we pray. It is good to pray. It is good to read the word of God. They are all essential. They are must need to be done. But the yardstick that God uses to measure our performance, I call it as faithfulness. Faithfulness. You know, faithfulness is a yardstick that God has given to us to measure our performance in everything that we do. You know, we may not be able to achieve great things in our lives. Maybe that's not the plan of God concerning our lives. But there are little things that God has given to us, little responsibilities, little income that God has given to us every month. God is asking us, are you faithful in the little things that I have given to you? Because God measures us within, with, the, with, the, with the yardstick called faithfulness. And you know what? The testing ground of that faithfulness is money that's where our faithfulness is tested because scripture repeatedly says repeatedly talks about money that's the testing ground you know God tests us in that so God expects us to be faithful because we are not owners we are stewards now in order to be found faithful we need to behave like stewards. We should not behave like owners. You know, when we start behaving like owners of our possession, we fail. But God is expecting us to behave like, to operate like stewards. Jesus spoke about that very well. If you can turn with me to Matthew chapter 6 verse 24. Matthew chapter 20, 6 verse 24. He says, no one can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other. Or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. You cannot serve God and mammon. Mammon refers to money, wealth. You know, as we know, money is not our own. Obviously, we cannot serve money. Money is in fact given us to manage. There are people, they serve money. Serving money means running after money. There are people in this world, you know, they even consider money as God. They worship money. They consider money as God. That's the reason Jesus spoke and he said that no one can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and allow the other. Or else he will... Hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve. God and money. Money doesn't deserve our worship. God ex doesn't expect us to serve money. It is something that is given to us by God to use, to spend as we live on this earth. As the managers of God says it, God wants us to be faithful. That means I hold the complete responsibility of managing the wealth that God has given in my hands. I'm responsible. 
I'm not an owner, but I'm a responsible individual to handle, to manage the wealth, the money that God has given to me. So that means it is very important how do I spend money. It is very important that we need to work hard. It is very important that we cannot be lazy. It is very important that we need to give what we need to give to God. And we need to support the family what we need to give support to the family. We need to even send money to our parents if they are in need of money. They are in need of our support. God expects us to do that. God has taught me that long ago. God has taught me in such a way that, you know, when we got married, our income was very low. Maybe it's close to $100 monthly income. So, but in that time, God taught us. In that, you need to give to God and you need to give to your parents. By the grace of God, we started that support 22 years ago. And we continue even today. As long as they are alive on this face of this earth. We are not able to be together with them. But God wants us, me to support in whatever we get. Which is very important how we spend the money when we live on this earth. Because we don't own. The owner is somebody else. You know, it, it really matters. When I drive my own car, I drive in a different way. But when I drive a rental car, I drive in a different way. Because I don't own that car. That belongs to someone else. That adds more responsibility to me. When I live on this earth, I don't spend what belongs to me. I spend what belongs to someone else. That's from God. And I need to be careful how I spend money. To be faithful also means I need to spend that money to the purpose for which the money was given to me by the owner of the money. You know, all the managers, those who are working as managers and leads, we know. We can't do what we want to do. We need to do what our managers expect or our owners, the company expects us to do. That's what we can do. And scripture is true. It is teaching us the same way. Managers are known to carry out the expectations of the employer, the owners. At times we can't take decisions by ourselves. We need to get every decision approved by them because they are the owner. We don't own the business. Now, In order to spend the money effectively, to meet the objective for which the money is given to us, we need to work closely with the owner to understand the heart of the owner. The heart of the owner. I just want to conclude it quickly with, by reading this parable. Let's take our Bibles to Luke chapter 16, verses 1 through 9. Luke chapter 16. We don't get to this parable often. It's a kind of you know, parable which is just left all alone by itself. This morning we just want to read that parable. Luke chapter 16, verses 1 through 9. We're reading this parable in the context. We need to spend the money for the objective, for the purpose for which the money is given to us. Let's start from Luke chapter 16, verse 1. He also said to his disciples, there was a certain rich man who had a steward, who had a manager. 
and an accusation was brought to him a complaint what was brought to him that this man was wasting his goods can you imagine understand the context there was a landlord or there is a owner and there is a manager and there was a complaint about this manager to the owner saying that this owner this this manager the steward is wasting money was to so he called him the owner called the manager and said to him what is this i hear about you give an account of your stewardship for you can no longer be steward he listened to the complaint and his manager position is coming to an end the owner said you can no more be a manager just give an account of all the things that you have done verse 3 then the steward said to said within himself what shall i do for my master is taking the stewardship away from me i cannot dig i'm ashamed to beg now i'm going to lose my job what i'm going to do i cannot dig to get money i cannot beg verse 4 i have resolved what to do but within my heart i know this is what i am going to do then when i am put out of the stewardship when i'm out of job they may receive me into their houses i'm out of job i can't pay my mortgage i can't pay my rent i don't have money to live but i want to make sure there are a couple of homes where i can find shelter that's the plan he's making that they may receive me into their houses when i'm out of job and what he did was five so he called everyone of his master's debtors to him and said to the first how much do you owe my master he is still in control because he is still not lost his job and he called all the debtors those who need to pay to the master he called everybody and he asked him how much do you owe my master was six he said and he said a hundred measure of oil so the manager said to him take your bill and sit down quickly and write 50 i just forgive 50 for you you need to pay only 50 to your master was seven then he said to another and how much do you owe so he said a hundred measure of wheat and he said to him take your bill and write only 80 20 is just kind of forgiven you don't need to really pay that 20 so the master commanded the unjust steward because he had dealt shrewdly for the son of this world are more shrewd in their generation than the sons of light we don't understand there much verse 9 and i say to you jesus says make friends for yourselves by unrighteous mammon money that when you fail they may receive you into an everlasting home this story tells me only one thing when he was in authority when the steward was given responsibility when he was still in control of the finances he said did something so that when he is out of job there will be houses all these individuals to whom he forgave those houses will welcome him those houses will support him and jesus is striking a parallel here and he says in the same way use the money that i have given in your hands make friends go and make friends and this is what jesus says go and make friends therefore when you are out of this world 
Therefore, verse 9, and I say to you, make friends for yourselves by unrighteous mammon. The money that is coming to you, use that money. Unrighteous mammon, that when you fail, when you leave this world, they may receive you into an everlasting home. God is asking us to use the money for his kingdom purpose. To gain friends, more friends. How do we gain more friends? By inviting them to our house. If we worry about our one, one time meal, really we cannot invite friends. We need to invite more friends. We need to cook more food. We need to spend money. Invite more friends. Invite more friends to the church. We may have to run potlucks. We may have to buy food. Let's do that. Invite more friends. With the unrighteous money. So that when we go home, when we go to heaven, these people will be standing there receiving us into the eternal heaven. Because by the time you invite him multiple times, you would have told him about Christ. You would have spoken to him about Jesus. And he would have given to his life to God. And he will be right there in heaven to receive us when we go home. That's a parable that Jesus was teaching. And Jesus was telling, the money that is given to your hands, I have a purpose for giving that money to you. And I want you to use that money for kingdom purpose. That's what is the parable. One day a pastor was asked this question. How do you define faithful church involvement? How do you define your people are faithfully involving in your church activities? And pastor said, all that I can do is I can think about the standards of our life, the way we live. And if we leave those standards inside the church, I agree that my people are all faithful in the church involvement. And this is what the pastor said. He had wisdom. And he said, if your car started three out of four times, would you really call the car as a faithful car? If your paper boy skips paper maybe on Monday and Tuesdays and the remaining days he's faithful, would you still call him faithful? If you did, did not show up you know, to work maybe one or two times in a month without even informing, would your boss call you faithful? And he says, if your refrigerator quit a day every now and then, but starts working and it stops working, will you that say that, oh, my refrigerator works most of the time? I like my refrigerator. Will you say that? No. Early morning we are just right at the, at the shower. Then the shower greets you with the cold water. Because the shower, the hot water, the, 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 the hot water heater that doesn't work really once or twice in the morning. It works remaining weeks. Sometimes it doesn't work. And the pastor asked, will you be happy with that? If you miss a couple of mortgage payments, you paid for all 10 months. Only two months you missed the mortgage payment. Will your mortgage company still consider you as a faithful client? And he said, when we miss our giving, our involvement in ministry and worship, and we somehow think that we are still faithful. And that's what the pastor said. We want the standards that we apply in our life, we want to apply those standards. 
in the presence of God. And this morning, a couple of things that we learned. We said God owns everything. We are stewards, not the owners. We can't take anything when we leave this world. Nothing is going to come along with us. Stewards are expected to be faithful in what is given. As I said, money is the testing ground of our faithfulness. To be faithful, we need to really operate like stewards, not like owners. To be faithful, we need to spend the money, the purpose for which the money is given, the objective of the owner. And as we read according to this parable, God has given us ability, God has given us wealth, so that we will spend that money for our souls, so that we will see those souls when we go to heaven. This morning, I ask God, let this be a strong ground for us to take the subject further in the coming weeks. Let's pray. Hope you are blessed by this teaching. Please write to Pastor Balan Swami Nathan at balan at hipm.org. God bless you.